On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I talk about the power of creating short feedback loops, and I answer free questions asked by you. Hello, here we go again. This is episode number 13 of Life and Lessons. I'm Sean Spooner, and if you're new here, here's what you need to know. For 52 weeks between the ages of 24 and 25, I'm going to be recording and releasing a weekly podcast to see just how much my life can change in a year. This is the story of growing a business, of growing as a person, and it's a completely honest view into my life as I attempt some fairly unusual things. And this episode right here is all about week number 13 in that journey. If you're a regular listener, I imagine you are. Welcome back. I hope you've had a good week. Uh, for me, this has been another one of another one of those weeks. Uh, you probably know what I mean by that by now. I would say that it's been an uncharacteristically busy week, but I feel like I find myself saying that to you every single week now. So let's just call it a normal week. This has been a normal week. It started in Wales in the office where on uh, Monday and Tuesday, which is sat at my desk, fairly normal days. Uh, On Tuesday, actually, we agreed to a a project with a really tight timeline, which kind of made things interesting from a scheduling point of view. Uh, I'll talk about that a little bit more later on, but a normal couple of days nonetheless. And then on Wednesday, I had a meeting in the morning. And then that afternoon, we travelled, me and Richard, to Luton, And then on Thursday morning, we had a meeting in Milton Keynes. Thursday afternoon, I was back in Corby. Friday, I spent working from home. And then I went to Paris on Friday night, working all the way there on the trains from Corby to Paris almost nonstop. Spent Saturday in Paris not working. I actually didn't touch my laptop on Saturday for a whole day for as long as I can remember. uh, Because on the Saturday, me and Chloe went to see Stormzy in a tiny 1,000 capacity venue, which is actually the smallest venue on his entire world tour. And we were right at the front. It was just, it was crazy. It's going to be a very, very long time before anybody sees Stormzy in a venue that small ever again. So not only to be there, but also to be at the front row was just incredible. And then on Sunday, jumped back on the Eurostar, worked all the way back from Paris to Corby. And before I knew it, it was Sunday evening. I was back in Corby and I was planning the week. And so that was it. That was my week. Now, look, you probably already know by now that the way I go about remembering thoughts from week to week for this podcast is that I will note things down in the notes app on my phone. And generally speaking, I have two to three notes in my phone each week, which by the time I come around to sitting down and recording an episode, they're kind of the things that I focus on um, to, to talk about. But as you've just heard, Last week was a really busy one. There was more work than usual, more travel than usual, and even less time on my laptop than usual, which sounds backwards. But that means that all of those things put together for the time when I was working made the feeling of being busy. I hate that word, but we use it anyway. The feeling of being busy more amplified than usual. And so between being so busy... And also not really having a lot of time to just kind of sit there and ponder thoughts and type things into my phone. Um, This episode 
is kind of, is quite meta in the sense that because I was so busy, it led to only one fort. Uh, but that fort kind of, you'll see what I mean. Follow me here, right? I'll just get straight into it. So I only wrote one thing down in my phone this week. And uh, what I'll do, I'll tell you the words that I wrote down and then I'll explain where my mind was at, at the time. So I wrote the words, short feedback loops encourage momentum. Now, when I wrote that down, I was actually thinking about work, uh, which I'll explain, but it also applies to other areas of my life, and I'm sure your life, uh, as I realized whilst I was pondering this thought. Short feedback loops encourage momentum. So in a work context, I was actually thinking about the project that I just told you about. It's the same project that I mentioned briefly in last week's episode. Um... Uh, We started working with a new client a few weeks back to design and develop a new website on their behalf. And the project, when we signed it, had a fairly standard timeline. And then on Tuesday last week, the client got in touch and asked if uh, if there was any chance that we could launch their website far sooner than originally expected. On their end, an opportunity had come up. And if we were able to make it happen... Uh, they'd really appreciate it if we could produce their entire website in just shy of two weeks. And so, as of Tuesday, we had 13 days to plan and produce new copy for and design and develop and test and populate an entire website. Uh, Now, to give you context, this is typically a 10 plus week process right the way through from planning to launch. And of course, you know, being transparent with the client, parts of the process have been shortened quite significantly for this 0.5 version of the site. We will eventually launch a fully blown site on their behalf, Uh, but things have been moving very quickly with this project. And uh, it's still ongoing as I record this, but the good news is that we're on track. Uh, But to, to get on track, to stay on track, we've had to really lean in. We've had to take some unusual steps to ensure that the site could be built, whilst also ensuring that the marketing plans of every other one of our clients remained on track and unaffected and performing as expected. And so the challenge here this week was essentially twofold. We had to do what we normally do, which is keep lots of plates spinning. But we had to do that whilst also learning how to juggle faster than we have ever had to juggle before. And so it's meant early mornings. It's meant working solidly on eight hours worth of trains between Corby and Paris and back again, hardly looking up from my laptop screen for the whole time. It's meant that everybody, uh, sorry, everything in the business has been tested to make sure that it's absolutely watertight so that unexpected projects like this can pass through our processes at speed without bumping into anything. Um, And from that point of view, it's actually gone really well. But it means something altogether more exciting, a fast project like this. It means shorter feedback loops. In what we do at Dream, lots of our work takes place over weeks, months, and even years. We work with our clients to help them grow their businesses in meaningful ways. So that could be to win more customers, to grow their sales, to increase their revenue. And we do that not with fads or flashes in the pla- flashes in the pan. I can never say that phrase, uh, but with marketing activity that actually creates real and long-lasting change. And so at their shortest, our marketing plans span 90 days. That's three months worth of activity being planned and undertaken and reported on and altered accordingly at any given time. And yes, of course, things do 
crop up in the space of those 90 days occasionally and we have to make very quick decisions and be reactive but generally speaking we work to a plan and to give ads and copy and layout and anything else we produce the time it needs to be correctly tested and measured those plans generally take time the feedback loops in our business take weeks and even months to be closed but not with this project Managing a project where copy is produced in one day, where a website is designed in a handful of days and then it has to be developed over the space of a single week makes for really short feedback loops to match a really short timeline. And so when a site is designed and sent to a client at, say, 6pm and I get into the office the next morning and we have feedback at 8am, it's impossible not to feel a sense of momentum. It's almost as if everything is moving so quickly and because of that, you're further encouraged to move even faster. But look, that's only one small part of it. Short projects and unexpected deadlines aren't what builds a solid business foundation and we understand that projects like this are one-offs and therefore we treat them as such. But as I was considering the amount of momentum that has been behind this special project in the last week and how quickly we've managed to get all of this done... um, it kind of made me realize that it applies to um, other areas of life. Because, and I've always said this, but particularly this week I've been reminded, short feedback loops create momentum. And momentum creates the motivation you need to remain consistent. And as I always say, consistency is what creates results. And I don't necessarily just mean feedback loops in business. I mean short feedback loops in life too. I think that one of the biggest challenges we all face when we're trying to achieve anything in life is staying motivated for long enough periods of time. Because I'm sure you'd agree if you think to anything you've ever given up on in the past, it's probably because things take time. To use a really obvious example, it's not like going to the gym is hard. It's not complicated. It doesn't require some impossible to attain level of motivation to just stand up and go to the gym the problem comes when you realize that it takes so long to see any results you're going to see results and you go and you go and you go and you don't see any results you don't pass through that threshold required to actually reach the results the feedback loop is too long and so you give up and you know because despite your acts despite your actions changing your results don't The feedback loop is a long one. And look, I have been absolutely guilty of this. Actually, this exact example. Um, I've probably had a gym membership. I actually have two gym memberships now. Long story, but I've probably had a gym membership for the last 18 months, at least last year and a half. And if you saw me in person, I'm sure you would attest to the fact that I do not look like somebody who has been going to the gym for 18 months. And that's because I haven't. I'm not somebody who's gone to the gym for 18 months, at least not consistently, because I've fallen victim at least a good three or four times to giving up for a period of time because I was disengaged due to a lack of results. When ironically, it was that disengagement that caused the lack of results. And so as I was thinking more about this and comparing the thought to my actions over the last couple of years, I realized that in any situation like this, be it work be it fitness, be it health, be it something to do with your family, whatever it might be, we only really have two choices. 
To get results in any area of life that requires long-winded, consistent action, we can either find a superhuman level of willpower and somehow manage to keep going in spite of no results for months or even years, or we can shorten the feedback loop. Create micro-goals. Notice tiny changes. Reward micro-achievements. And that, when I really thought about it is what I'm actually doing already from what I spoke about last week but only recently and that's why I talk about it now so in the example of going to the gym not only did I sign up to the coaching app and work out my macros like I told you last week but I'm actually also taking part in that gym's that app's six-week challenge where over the next six weeks for the next 36 gym sessions because I'm trying to go six times a week That's what the app tells me to do. But over the next six weeks, I'm going to be going all out to try and make as much progress as possible between the before photos that I've just taken and the after photos that I'll eventually take six weeks from now. And look, I of course realize that the changes between those two sets of photos are going to be very minor. But rather than just letting these six weeks play out as they normally do where I get started, get bored and give up, I've created a shortened feedback loop that will keep me motivated working and taking action for the next six weeks i know that i don't need to wait two years three years to see the all-out results from going to the gym because i realize that i'm only looking for very tiny just about noticeable changes in the next six weeks because i have something to aim for now a short feedback loop and so i'm going to go and i'm going to try and go six times a week for six weeks and take that after photo and compare the two and in front of my eyes will be a short feedback loop and some progress that otherwise wouldn't have been there and these opportunities to create short feedback loops i think are all around us if you take the time now to think about any goal of yours a big goal something that you know is going to take months or even years to complete i'm sure you can break it down into a series of smaller goals so that you can actually feel yourself progressing. It's way easier to stay motivated when you frame your savings account with the goal of pushing up the balance by £100 every month than it is by framing it as being thousands of pounds away from that mortgage deposit. It's way more sustainable to focus on losing one pound of weight per week every single week than it is to look at trying to lose four stone over a year. One will see you hit your goal every single week with relative ease, whilst the other will always have you months away from an almost impossible to hit goal, ready to deviate, to get lost and to give up. And so let me leave you with this thought. If you can shorten any feedback loop, you extend the amount of time you're likely to stick at something. And when you do that, everything changes. Okay, so I would normally end things here, but not anymore. I decided literally 10 minutes before recording this particular episode that I'm going to add something new into this podcast because um, although, like I always say, it's great to have messages come back from you after the fact, after I've recorded, after I've sat down and said what I want to say, that's amazing, but it's still quite one directional in as much as I set the agenda I say all of this stuff. A few days later, you listen and message. It's great, but it's still quite one directional. So what I want to do uh, is at the end of every episode from here on out, I'm going to answer at least one question 
asked by you, um, as I think it will make this more interesting. Uh, so this time, I'm going to actually answer three, just to get things started. Uh, now, all three of these questions came from Instagram. Like I say, about 10 minutes ago, I popped up on Instagram. I created a little question sticker thing on my story. Uh, and these are the three best answers. Sorry, the three best questions. I can't guarantee there'll be good answers. The three best questions that came in. We've got one about the podcast. We've got one about The Apprentice. And we've got one about working or a lack of working. Now, just before I get started, I want to say that unlike the rest of this and every other episode, which is slightly scripted and slightly considered, these answers are going to be off the top. I'm going to read the question and then immediately start answering. So these are going to be my unfiltered question. Sorry, my unfiltered answers, because I feel like that's what you deserve. Okay, so let's get into the questions. Matthew asked, what inspired you to do this podcast and why? And this is actually something that I had a conversation about this week. I sat down with somebody called Christian Kirkpatrick uh, and I was a guest on his podcast, CK Curious Minds. Um, And one of the things that we understandably got speaking about, given that we're two 20-something guys who each have podcasts, is why? Why did we get started? And my answer is a weird one. And if you want to hear the answer in more detail, episode number one of this podcast is the place to head, but I'll try and keep this quite short. The The short version of the long story is this, and it can be split into two halves. The first half of it is that I can almost split my, let's call it adult life, into two very clear halves. Between the ages of, say, 18 and 21, I lived one kind of life, and then Almost immediately as I turned 22, I lived a very different kind of life. And that's everything from the amount of work I did to how serious I was about my business to the fact that for almost two and a half years now, I haven't drank alcohol to go into the gym to getting enough sleep to focusing on habits like my life is almost unrecognizable and it's just entirely different. Right. And because of that, two years ago, I realized the the power that is within believing that you can go and do something and believing that you can change areas of your life. And I guess going on that journey, it's a journey that I'm still on, don't get me wrong, but the first two years of that journey have made me realize that there's a lot out there to learn and that I am still learning. But I learned silently for two years. And I think that just in the same way that I benefit from the dozens of podcasts and videos and blogs and Twitter feeds that I read, I think that by me going through some of these learnings, maybe two months ahead, maybe two years ahead of other people my age, there's going to be lessons for other people to learn. And so that's half of it, right? Me realizing that by going through life, I will be gathering lessons that are taught to me. So that that's where the name comes from, life and lessons. They're not life lessons. It's just, it's yeah, it's hard to explain the name, but that's half of it. And then the other half is that growing up, as a young person with businesses all the way from the age of like 14 onwards I have always maybe unhealthily looked at the age of 25 and thought shit when people reach the age of 25 that's when they make it and I don't mean make it in the sense that they exit their business for millions of pounds I just mean that generally speaking by the age of around 25 I spotted this trend a few years back whereby People reach the age of 25 and by that point they seem to kind of know who they are as a person. They seem to have their shit together relatively well. They're distanced enough from things like school friends and hometown friends whereby they're kind of their own person. 
and they're ready to just lean into whatever it is they're doing. So I'm thinking about people like Jamal Edwards of SBTV and Adnan Ibrahim of Car Throttle, two guys that I've always looked up to. And when they reach the age of 25, they just really seem to hit their stride, right? And so putting those two things together, the first being realizing that a lot can change in a year, and the second being that I am one year away from the age that I've always put on a pedestal, and then mix all of that in with the fact that, you know, it's, it's, it's no secret that I run a marketing agency and I absolutely believe that everybody should have a podcast because it's incredible free reach that you control. Um, I thought it would be wrong not to do a podcast, not to share these lessons I'm learning, not to just honestly speak into a microphone for 20 minutes or half an hour every week and just put it out there and see what happens. And so far, what's happened is incredible conversations. So far, what's happened is a couple of new clients. So far, what's happened is a small group of people who listen every week and contribute, and that's amazing. I don't know where it will go from here. I didn't really start with any end goal in mind. I just started with the reason that I just explained. Where it will go, I don't know. But yeah, that, in a shorter way as possible, is why I started this podcast. Thanks. Thanks for asking, Matthew. Okay, the next one is from Peter, man like Peter Watson, who, by the way, if you haven't listened to his podcast, very good. Go and listen to it. Just search Peter Watson in Spotify, you'll find it. He also does a good weekly vlog. Um, And Peter asked, uh, I have to find the question now. I went off on one on that last one. Peter asked, if you could go back in time, would you have been on The Apprentice? And so what Peter's talking about here is that when I was 16, uh, I auditioned for and got onto BBC One's Young Apprentice, which is like the teenager version of The Apprentice where you do tasks on behalf of Lord Sugar. And then Lord Sugar eventually hires or fires you. I went on that and I was on there for two weeks. The question is, would I go on there again, I guess? Um, I don't know. So I can't look to any point in my life whereby going on that program has benefited me. Um, It's not like it's opened any doors or won as any clients or got me any, any incredible speaking engagements or anything like that. But in the same breath, I've definitely not lost anything from it. And I think that, although I perhaps didn't realise at the time because I was too busy pretending I had my shit together back then, um, being watched on TV by something like 4.2 million people, whilst you're a slightly self-conscious 16-year-old, forces you to grow. It forces you to uh, realise what it is that you feel uncomfortable about. It forces you to address those things and it perhaps accelerates the process of growing up. Um, I don't feel like I've gained anything professionally or business-wise from being on The Apprentice, uh, but perhaps ironically I have gained a lot personally because it, I don't know how to word it, when (laughs) when you're a 16-year-old who's been on TV, you act like a 16-year-old who's been on TV and that makes you get a lot of shit out of your system very quickly. Uh, And it, like I say, it almost, I think, in my particular set of circumstances caused me to get all of that rubbish out of my system of like being a dick on Twitter and trying to grow a following and all of this rubbish that doesn't actually mean anything. It got that out of my system and age, which I think I'm fortunate for because I, I look around me at peers of mine, people who I went to school with, people even slightly older than me who are still trying to play that pointless and never winning game. And I'm glad that it got that out of my system. And also, look, it's a cool story to tell. I only lasted two weeks, but 
the whole process of seeing how The Apprentice is filmed and produced and meeting Lord Sugar and Karen and Nick at the time and just seeing behind the scenes was incredible. So if I could go back in time and do it, I would. But perhaps more to the point, if I could audition today, don't worry, I'm not going to, I have no intention of going back on The Apprentice, but if I could audition today and go on it again, I think I would absolutely smash it because all you need is that bit of perspective on what the process is really like and how it really works, that if anybody, anybody who's been on any series of The Apprentice, if they were to go back in there, I guarantee you they would win. And so I hope that answers that. And then finally, Adam asked quite an interesting question. I've left this one till last because, quite frankly, I don't know the answer. So this will be interesting for all of us, I think. Um, Adam asked, what stops you from being better slash working harder? And I don't really know. So I absolutely have days, as I'm sure everybody does, where whether it's to do with energy levels or diet or motivation or I don't know what. I have days where I will wake up, can't be fucked getting out of bed, I'll get to the office, I'll have a far less than productive day, that will then have a knock-on effect into the next day, and then I need to get like amped up to be able to catch up with whatever shit I've fallen behind on, right? There are absolutely days where I, and I'm sure everybody else, doesn't work as hard as they ought to. But what stops me, I don't really know. Because, like I've touched upon in at least two or three episodes of this podcast so far. I'm literally living my dream. If you were to go back to 16-year-old Sean, who was on The Apprentice in my last answer and say, you're 24 years old now, what do you want to be doing? I would say, I'd love to be running a business. That's what I'm doing. I love it. It's the most fun. Um, It doesn't feel like work. It's incredible, right? So it's not an issue with um, not liking what I do. It's also not necessarily an issue with not having time off because although I work long periods of time at once, um, I think the last few episodes of this uh, this podcast have shown that I can also detach, right? I, I was in Berlin for an incredible weekend a couple of weeks ago. I was in Paris this weekend, just gone. There are weekends where I purposely do nothing. I've gone to see the rugby recently, like I see my friends. It's not that I'm at it too often. I think it's just uh, it's just human nature, isn't it? In as much as I think that we're all a little bit shit. And by that I mean that we're all imperfect in every way, but particularly in things like business. And whilst I don't think that Gary V is necessarily the cause of what I'm about to say, there are definitely thousands of people who, as a result of his content, have turned into these like hustle machines whereby it's almost like porn on the internet now, where if you're pretending to be working 19-hour days, if you're pretending to be waking up at 6am and grinding through your teeth, if you're pretending to be working harder than anybody else, that is seen as good. And whilst, A, I highly doubt that anybody's working 19-hour days, and if you are, you need to read the book Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker and Grow Up, um, It's it almost leaves no room for people to be honest about the fact that We all have days when we can't be asked. We all have days where, for some undescribable reason, we just don't feel that spark, and so we have a less than productive day. I don't think the question should be, what's stopping me from working harder? Um, I think the question should be, what do I do about it uh, on those days? And actually something that I have been considering a lot, although fortunately haven't needed it yet, is creating a... Uh, I think I called it a reset day when I had the idea over New Year. So 
if ever I have a day where I just can't be asked, where I know that all I'm going to do is sit in the office or sit at home, get hardly any work done and fall slightly behind but feel shit about it, rather than entertaining that day, if at all possible, I want to create a reset day whereby I have a list of items that I know I need to do that will help me rebuild momentum, like I just spoke about earlier on about momentum and the importance of it. Uh, So a, a list of things like waking up, making sure I make my bed, getting ready for the day, going to the gym, making sure I eat good foods, having some time off, doing some reading, making sure I meditate, speaking to my family, chilling out, doing things that I want to do for a day so that when I get back into the office the next day, I know that I'm going to be refreshed. I know that I'm going to be in a good mental state and I know that I'm going to be ready to get started again and start rebuilding that momentum. So in conclusion, I don't really know what stops me or anybody else from working harder, but I don't think that working hard every single day is the key to success. I think that working hard consistently is, and by that I mean that there is no shame in having a day when you can't be fucked, because we all have them. It's just about what you do about that to get out of that cycle. Okay, and that is it for another week. Um, Listen, if you want to ask any questions at the end of this podcast, make sure that you are following me on Instagram, where my username is SpoonerSean. That is S-P-O-O-N-E-R-S-E-A-N. The reason I say that is that is exactly where I'm going to be getting these questions from every single week like I did tonight. So I'm going to just pop up every Wednesday or Thursday, whenever I happen to record an episode, I'm going to pop up and say, listen, about to record the podcast, drop your question here. And then each week I'll pick one, two or three of them to answer in the format that I just did where I'm just thinking out loud. I hope, not that I can remember what I've just said, but I hope that you got some uh, some sort of insight or value out of one of those answers. If you did, happy days. If not, feel free to ask your own question next week and maybe you'll get more value out of that. Right, that's it. All the usual things. Please do, if you're not already, make sure that you are following this podcast on Spotify or subscribed on Apple Podcasts. Like I always say, that just means that if you really do want to listen when a new episode drops, you don't need to go to my Twitter or Instagram to find a link. You don't need to be searching it. You don't need to be poking around in apps. It's just going to be there, ready and waiting for you when you're ready to listen. And finally, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, just like I asked you to a few weeks ago, and I think a handful of you did, so thank you very much, please do consider leaving a five-star review on this podcast. It really does help. And... um it just lets me know that you're you're getting something out of this because that's kind of the, uh, the, the secret aim of this podcast, which is why I always speak about things um, and don't always reference myself. I say we should or you should think about this. Like I really want people to be getting value out of this or else there's no reason me throwing my thoughts out there, right? So if you're getting value, if you find this interesting or useful, please do leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Right, I am going to try and get this edited very quickly and then rush off on a train from the office to the gym so that I can squeeze in a leg day. I don't like leg days. absolutely hate leg days. So um, wish me luck. And I'll, uh, I'll talk to you next week for episode number 14 of Life and Lessons. See you then.
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.